Hello and welcome back to the Golden Hurricast, a weekly podcast covering Golden Hurricane athletics at the University of Tulsa. I'm Ryan Token. I'm Matt Rectine, and the Golden Hurricast is generally not more than 30-ish minutes, so let's get started. <laughs> Stay Golden Hurricane. All right. Uh, man. Okay. So basketball, two games last week, two sweeps. We were one and one last week. First, a loss to Wichita State, which uh, we are unfortunately on the losing end of a season sweep against the Shockers this year, going 0-2 against them. And then second, just on Sunday, we're recording on Monday night this uh, tonight. And Sunday, so yesterday, we played Memphis, and that resulted in a win over the Tigers, which means it's a season sweep. Um positive for us so we swept the tigers this year it's our first sweep against them since 2015 so interesting week a uh, really tough loss against wichita almost a 20 point loss there um, so we'll talk about both of those i guess first thoughts overall matt just like the week in general what did you take away from these two games so first i guess in addition to these being uh season sweeps now i think we've lost three in a row to wichita state and we've beat memphis three times in a row just to yep. kind of uh increase the parallel very nice but so first thing uh wichita state i mean both games we played pretty ugly uh one of them we somehow came out with a win putting up less than 60 points which kind of seems uh i mean if you take out the northwestern game Northwestern State, we, and I guess Southwestern Christian. So you take those two out, and those two are like pretty either not in Kempom or low, like in the 300s. We're not really putting up that many points uh, mm-hmm. a game. And so this is just kind of a case where our defense kind of had a lapse against Wichita State. And because our offense just isn't strong enough uh in its current form whatever that means uh whether that be we're just struggling to shoot from three or brendan rochelle has a bad game like he did against wichita state like i feel like this is kind of what happens when your defense doesn't lock it down because then you do the same like against memphis we had our offense was again not great put up 58 points but our defense was good and we you know escape with the win there yeah i think that's right and the big the big takeaway I had I had that I think is a through line for these two games uh, is three points, uh, three pointers in general. So they, it's, you know, okay. So we let's start with the Wichita game here. Um, from three against Wichita, we were four for twenty nine. That is good for thirteen point eight percent. That is just atrocious, right? The Shockers uh, shot thirty seven point nine percent from three in comparison. Um, all game, we just hit, couldn't hit a shot. Brandon Rochelle, one for seven from three. Elijah Joyner, one for seven. Keyshawn Embry-Simpson, one for four. Austin Ritchie, one for five. Curtis Haywood, 0 oh for four, right? It's just terrible down the line. Um, then you look at Memphis, and we shot 18%, three for 16. The reason we won that Memphis game, in my opinion, is because of how we played in the second half. The first half, we shot 11 threes. We made three of them. I think uh, maybe two. I don't know. We were 18% in the first half on 11 three-point attempts. And second half, we only shot four or five. And 
that is so much better, right? When we're not jacking up these threes, it's like we're a different team out there, man. It's like we move the ball so much better. The offense in general plays better because people are actually cutting to the basket and putting up decent shots. Um, not to say that all these threes are like bad shots. They're Sometimes they're fine. Uh, but often it's like early in the shot clock, we just chuck something up there. Um, and that is not winning basketball for a Tulsa team who is shooting terribly from the three-point line. Our two, something I wanted to bring up right off the bat, like just in, in summary from both these games, we just need to stop shooting so many threes. And like until, at least until Keyshawn Embry Simpson and Kurt Saywood step up big time, because those two guys, without them hitting threes, our team is not going to be a three-point shooting team, right? Uh, against Wichita, Haywood. Oh, I think I think that does some discredit just to Austin. Like Austin Ritchie is a great three-point shooter so far. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I mean, he's he been good. Have he's, a great game. He's leading the team for sure. And like, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to take away from him. But like, we're not going to uh, as a full team being able to shoot the three. It's not going to happen without those two guys also making some threes. Right. Can't rely on it without uh, some other people actually doing well. Yeah. Like Austin Ritchie's doing great. He's shooting 35.7%. Brandon Rochelle, 36%. I mean, those two guys are doing, doing really well. Um, but the guys who, you know, we talked about it last week, we thought would be the two top guys this year in Haywood and Keyshawn Embry Simpson, uh, just not getting it done, especially this, this past week. Haywood was 0 for 4 against Wichita from three. He was 0 for 2 against Memphis. Uh, Keyshawn Emory Simpson, one for four against Wichita and 0 for three against Memphis. They were one, one for 13 together, 7.7% for the week. Cannot have that. It's just, it can't, that can't happen for us to be a successful team. Haywood is shooting 19% from three on the season. Now he's under 20%, nine for 47. Keyshawn isn't much better shooting 24.5% from three, 13 for 53, right? These guys are shooting the second and third most threes on the team. And are also our second worst and third worst three-point shooters. The only one who's taken the only the only person who has a worst percentage on this team is Darian Jackson, and he's only taken eight because he knows he's not a high percentage three-point shooter. Uh, Richie, like we mentioned, doing great, thirty-five point seven. Rochelle, thirty-six point two. So, props to those two guys. But for us to be a consistent three-point shooting team, those two, Keyshawn Emery Simpson and Curtis Haywood, really need them to step up. Like Haywood started the season pretty bad. And kind of in, you know, early to mid season so far, um, seemed like he was improving and then he's kind of fallen off the last week and a half or so. So really want him to get back on the wagon and then same with Keyshawn Embry Simpson. Yeah. And if you look at it on the flip side, so I guess transitioning from offense to defense, but keeping it in the realm of three points, if you look at a lot of our losses, like what they all have in common is our opponents are shooting well from three. Uh, and that kind of ties into like last year we had a really strong three point defense, but then when teams got hot, we got blown out like mm-hmm. the central Florida game from last year right. uh, when they scored, however, like thousands and thousands of points. Uh, and that's <laughs> kind of the case again this year because so overall we're holding teams uh, to like just over 30%, which is like 73rd in the country. But part of that um, we're allowing 23 roughly 24 three-point attempts per game and so we've had some great luck in teams shooting poorly against us like houston yeah. uh did the first time we played them or memphis and i mean part of the reason that's so high is our two-point defense is so much better this year we're 14th in opponents uh, percentage i guess uh on the season 
And I know, you know, you look at the Wichita State game, it kind of didn't seem that way when we were giving up a bunch of points on the inside. But overall, we're like a really strong two-point defense, and so that forces teams uh, to take more outside shots. When they hit a lot of them, like Wichita State did, it really just kind of burns us. Yeah, man. I mean, they they have gotten us good two games in a row uh, this season. You know, Tyson Etienne had 20 Morris Udeze had 20. Udeze was six for seven from the field. Uh, Etienne shot 12 three-pointers, hit five of them. It's like, you know, those guys, they're they're a good team. They are looking really good. I think that's clearly a tournament team this year. Uh, Isaac Brown, uh, interim head coach, we'll see. Like, you know, people are wanting him to stick around and be the full-time coach. That would be that would be an interesting move. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, like, they are, they are good. And then Ricky Council, who smoked, you know, he was one of the top dogs against us in the first game. Uh, 13 points, I think, in that first one. Had another 11. Um, so he, you know, continued to do well against us. And they're just a good team, man. Uh, and we didn't even, like, Altery Gilbert, who had a great game against us um, in the first game, didn't play particularly well uh, in this one. One for five from three, two for eight from the field, only five points. So we did well against him. But basically everybody else uh, did did pretty well. Um, but, like, yeah, the thing is, you know, Wichita, 29, we shot 29 threes against them, only made four, right? 13.8%. Went down the line with one for seven from Joyner and Rochelle, one for five from Richie, one for four from Keisha and Emery Simpson, and 0 for four from Haywood. And that's just not, that's not, not going to get it done against a good team. You got to make some shots. Like, I understand there's going to be some games where you don't shoot particularly well. Um, and unfortunately, that happened again against Wichita. I don't know if it's a matchup thing with them and uh, maybe it's a mental thing. I'm not sure. But, all in all, results in a 19-point loss to the Shockers, which hurts, man. Would have liked to get one of those two against them this year because that's a, a good team, would be a good win on the on the schedule. But, unfortunately, 0 for 2 against them. Um, getting into some Memphis stuff. So, we did win that game. Talking about it like we, we didn't kind of so far. But, yeah, 58-57, we won that one. Um, kind of like I mentioned there, I think the big difference was we shot so many fewer three-pointers in the second half way more focus on, you know, getting to the bucket, putting up some higher percentage shots, uh, close range shots, um, and it results in a win, right? And also the other big difference in that second half, I think, was uh, turnovers. I, I don't remember the exact numbers here from first half to second half, but I think in that first half, like total turnovers, I guess I'll hit first. We had 14 total, which is pretty high for us for the season uh, on average. And in the, I think though, in that first half, we had like nine or eight or something, you know, it was a, a decent amount, nine, maybe even 10 in that first half. Really. I know that we really solidified that, uh, brought that closer to home in the second half, far fewer turnovers, far fewer three point attempts results in a win, right? So we sweep the tigers, um, stop shoot, chucking up threes in the first half, turn it over less. That's how you do it. Uh, the, like one of the big plays that, got a lot of attention online and probably, you know, anyone who was watching, uh, was Rochelle's just monster dunk. And it got attention for two reasons, right? One, it was a huge dunk. I, like I, you know, audibly shouted when that happened, uh, but it didn't count. And that's the other reason it got a lot of attention because it was called a charge. And man, do you, did you see this play? You know what I'm talking about here? Yeah. How, so I don't mean, I don't know. I don't have any answer on how that gets called the charge. It just looked straight up like he was, Rochelle pretty much went to the right, you know, he's driving to the basket, dunks on the guy. He pretty much kind of evaded him fully. And the guy like totally, you know, just flops it. And 
falls over to the side and acts like he got hit hard. You know, it was it was nothing. There was hardly any contact to me. I don't know. Do you do you agree? Did you see it that way? I mean, there was contact, but I don't think it's enough to warrant it a charge. I don't know. I just feel like this game in general, the refs kind of just weren't calling it very consistently. Yeah. Which is just oh God, so frustrating. And I feel like that, you know, in a small sense, maybe contributes to how both offenses were kind of stilted. But, I mean, can't use that completely as an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. It was a weird game. Like, I don't know. It just seems like Memphis just straight up does not care about the ball. They're so incredibly careless. I don't let me look up how many turnovers they had that game. Two a twenty one. Oh my god. Yeah. Twenty one turnovers. I that is that is awful. Like that you cannot do that. And this is a team, you know, that they're that's their like bugaboo. Everyone they're so there are so many talented guys on that team. Um I don't know if it's a Penny Hardaway thing. I think it probably is. Uh, but man, they just they don't take care of the ball. And twenty one turnovers against us, that's rough, man. Uh, and they're known for causing turnovers because they, you know, they want to play fast. They play in your face, and they turned us over 14 times. Good on them. But when you give it away 21 times yourself, that's definitely not going to help you. So Penny's got to figure something out. They're six and five now. Um, that is not looking good for. I think they were picked to finish third in the conference this year or something, third or fourth. Um, and that's not looking like that's going to be the way it goes for them. But who knows? Maybe they'll magically turn it around. But I'm not thinking so. No, I mean, this is, I feel like we talked about it before we played them the first time. Um, Memphis is just a lot of smoke, uh, as Penny Hardaway might even say himself. <laughs> they want it. Uh, but maybe not in the same sense, yeah. you know. Uh, they look intimidating on the outside, but, you know, they don't seem to be that great. Yeah. Um, that's my hot take after sweeping them and winning <laughs> three in a row. So think, So you throw in like this season and last season, we've outscored them by like 43 points over three games, and 40 of those came in uh, one game. <laughs> but I think one of my favorite plays from the Memphis game was like right towards the end. You know, we're up by, oh, I don't know, I don't know if we were up by one at this point already, or just up by like maybe three. But they, uh, Memphis is driving, goes to the rim, ball goes off the guy's foot. And then join or not joiner, uh, Jackson and Rochelle have the wherewithal to like joiner dives out, gets it from out of bounds since it went off uh, somebody on our team's foot and then tosses it in and Rochelle gets it. And we just like kill the clock for a little bit. Yeah. Like that is such a heads up play uh, just to, you know, I feel like the most important thing at the end of a game is to make sure that you're maintaining possession and not giving your opponents more attempts to score especially mm-hmm. like up by a, a score or less and so that was just i mean i feel like i was telling pat i think darian jackson might make the most like heads up plays per minute if that was a stat that's tracked because <laughs> um, it's just like i'm always just like yeah that was a great play nice job dude that is i wish that was because yeah you're right he would he would absolutely be at the top of that board i think probably along with elijah joiner but i think jackson would be above him uh if that were a stat because he's always he's always doing the right thing i mean he's like mr you need him to do what you need him to do and he does it consistently he doesn't shoot shots that he doesn't like he the threes he takes are wide open threes he's not forcing threes the shots he takes close to the basket are when he makes a great move to get there. He's not forcing crap up like that either. He's great with passes. He's, man, I love that. I love watching that dude play. Um, Joyner also had an awesome game against uh, Memphis. Like, there were so many times. He was 
single-handedly cutting up that defense, like just burning people, getting to the bucket and making a nice pass afterwards, or burning people, getting to the bucket and making some crazy finish at the rim. And I remember the, you know, the, the, the big one that comes to my mind is the one where he goes up and uh, he's, he's facing the opposite direction of the bucket. You know, he gets hit from the back and and one and kind of throws it over his head and makes it. And another just huge play. Uh, man, he is he is full of like the clutch buckets. I want I want the ball in his hand and I want the ball in Darian Jackson's hand at the end of the game with Brandon Rochelle there as well. Like, and the fact that those guys are all um, seniors ready to roll, like it, it's awesome when your seniors are playing well like this. Um, so something else I wanted to ask because I I really I only got to watch really or listen to on the radio on the way home from work uh, the last ten minutes or so of the Wichita game. Um, it sounded like like Rochelle had just you know, it sounded like he was airballing a lot early and just looked slow mm-hmm. and off. Did, was something going on it's with him? The, I mean, who's to know? Like, it didn't look like he was injured. It just looked like none of his shots were actually getting to the rim. Like, a lot of them just kind of died early. Yeah. And it's not even, I wouldn't say their defense was making it really difficult for him. He just, like, he had some good looks. They just looked bad after he shot them. <laughs> yeah so yeah it was like a really it was like a weirdly bad offensive game from him and i mean he still showed up defensively he had mm-hmm. like six rebounds led the team in rebounds um had two blocks so i mean he was still there it's just yeah you don't really expect him to put go like two for 15 yeah yeah for sure uh okay so let's uh let's move on a bit let's do our player of the week um do you want to start Sure. Um, I'm going to guess they might be kind of similar. So I'll go to the man who was just named the Americans honor roll for the week, uh, Elijah Joyner. And you kind of talked about him specifically just in like the leadership and the heads up kind of plays that he makes. But I mean, if you look at it, he was one of our like only two offensive presences against Wichita state. he puts up 11 points, um, and it was like, I think we had three guys maybe with over 100 offensive rating. He was one of them. And then for Memphis, I mean, he was the MVP both in my eyes and even in Ken Palm had him. <laughs> Again, like one of our best, like Austin Ritchie was like had an amazing off- offensive rating for that game, but on like much fewer usage percentage right. compared to Elijah Joyner's. Joyner had 14 points. He was sink into like five for six from two oh for three from beyond the arc which we've talked you know he's not really a good three-point shooter but mm-hmm. this just seemed kind of like a game where we were duking it out and we just needed clutch and if there's one thing we know elijah joiner can bring <laughs> it's the clutch factor absolutely yeah i've got the same one um darian jackson up there as well he didn't do much uh against uh memphis really though so i think that joiner gets the edge here um, 25 points this week, uh, 11 against Wichita, 14 against Memphis, only had ter- two turnovers, uh, total between both of those games, zero against Wichita. He had two against Memphis, uh, really nice there, uh, poor shooting against Wichita in general. You know, he was, he was one of the many who could not shoot the ball against the Shockers went one for seven from three, but five for 12 from the field. Um, and then had played a really, really great game against Memphis, uh, which we already talked about a lot, 14 points, five of nine from the field. Um, lots of clutch plays. Speaking of clutch plays, want to give a shout out to Brandon Rochelle at the end of the Memphis game, uh, throwing the ball down the court to kill the clock. That was that was awesome. 
Uh, okay, so let's move on. Quick preview uh, for Houston and Tulane. We've got them coming up this week. We are on the road at Houston. That's on Wednesday the 20th, 7 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. And then we are at home versus Tulane on Saturday the 23rd, also on ESPN+. Plus. That's at 2 o'clock on Saturday. Um, start with Houston. So the Cougars are 11-1 overall, 6-1 in the American. Their one loss there is to us, right? You probably all remember Houston was number five at the time. Um, they are now number 11 or something like that. Uh, they're number nine in Ken Palm though. And they're number six in the net rankings, the rankings that really matter. So, uh, still a top 10 team in both Ken Palm and net rankings. Um, little, you know, just a, a bit of background on how that first game went 65 to 64 win at home. Uh, last second free throws from Brandon Rochelle got us that dub as he cut to the basket, got fouled with 0.1 seconds left or however much time was there, made the two free throws, put us up by one game over. So, Rochelle, player of the game for sure, had 22 that game. Nobody else for Tulsa had more than nine. Uh, for Houston, Quentin Grimes had 19. Marcus Sazer had 14. Caleb Mills had 11. And that was Caleb Mills' last game before he decided to opt out indefinitely for the Cougars. So he's still not playing as far as I know. Um, so I, I assume there won't be a Caleb Mills in the lineup when we play them on uh, on Wednesday. Uh their stat leaders these days are Quentin Grimes. He leads them in points and steals, 17.8 points a game. Uh, Justin Gorham leads them in rebounds. Uh, Dijon Giroux, Deakey, they call him, leads them in assists, 3.7 per game. And then Bryson Gresham leads them in blocks with 1.2. I hope that we can avoid what has happened in the last couple of years where we managed to beat <laughs> Houston at home and then get absolutely blown out on the road. I know, man. Um, I'm After this last week, though, I'm scared. Like I thought I made the prediction last week, even though I got cut um, from the episode that we were going to be Wichita state and that did not come th- through. Uh, I really, I struggle to see like us beating Houston, like in the rematch. I don't know. They've just, even since the loss, they've just looked like they faced some adversity and had to have some comebacks, but I just, I don't, I mean yeah. the offense that we have the last two games, the last couple of weeks, is not going to be able to beat Houston in Houston. Yeah, something's going to have to change. I mean, Curtis Haywood, Keyshawn Embry Simpson, one of those guys or both, ideally, is going to have to step up and hit some threes, or we need to bail on the three-point game totally and just be a driving, fast guard team that cuts to the basket and occasionally gets a three from Austin Ritchie and Brandon Rochelle and maybe Elijah Joyner every now and then, but probably not. So... We'll see what happens. I mean, in terms of like, you know. I mean, Houston also has like an amazing three-point and two-point. <laughs> I know. They're D, so good. Which is really hard. Like, even if we abandon the three, doesn't mean we're going to have that much better success from the two. Yeah, but I mean, it does, you know, we, we play so much better when we cut to the basket. It's just like we, we just have to keep doing that. Chucking up threes is not getting it done. The, the less we do yeah. that, the better, the, the better our offense has looked. Um, we have been decent on the road. You know, we beat Memphis on the road. We beat Cincinnati on the road, South Florida on the road. Uh, this big loss to Wichita was easily our worst road performance so far. Um, if you don't count the, uh, no, that would be easily the worst one. Yep. So maybe that was an anomaly. Maybe Wichita State's just a horrible matchup for us this year. Um, but we'll see. The Houston game is going to be huge. That is a, that is a big time team. Number one in the conference, obviously top 10 in the country in Ken Palm and the net rankings. So keep an eye on Wednesday. That'll be a fun one to watch. I hope. Uh, and then Tulane, um, play them two o'clock ESPN plus on Saturday. 
Uh, Tulane is six and four overall. They are one and four in the American. Their one win there is against East Carolina, who also beat them. Uh, so they they traded back and forth. Um, they the Green Wave is number one hundred ninety six in Ken Palm, number one eighty six in the net rankings. And man, they are a young team. There are no seniors on that roster. There are only two juniors on that roster. Everybody else is a sophomore or a freshman. All of their leading scorers are sophomores. Um, so, or, uh, well, for the most part. So their their leading scorer is Jalen Forbes, 15.2 points a game. Uh, another sophomore leads them in rebounds, RJ McGee. Uh, Jordan Walker, who's been around there for a while, um, I think he's a redshirt junior, uh, leads them in assists and steals. Uh, he's a, one of their one of their guards, 3.4 assists, 1.6 steals a game. And then another sophomore, Kevin Cross, leads them in blocks. So, and this is the this is a team who's got six wins, right? They they had some non-conference wins last year as well, but they were pretty unsuccessful in the American. Uh, they're one and four in conference play so far. Like I said, only their only win over ECU. Uh, so this should be a win, right? They are. They are not a top-tier team in the conference or in college basketball, really, uh, this year at all. So I'm fully expecting a win, especially since we're at home against Tulane. I'm in a similar boat. <laughs> nice. Which, um, you know, makes sense for a green wave. Oh, wow. I didn't even catch that. Wow. Very nice. Nicely done. Uh, okay. So some other things before we close out that I wanted to touch on just a couple things going on in the conference that were notable, um, Wichita state beat Cincinnati on Sunday, 82 to 76. Since I bring that up mostly because Cincinnati, you know, if, if you haven't been paying close attention, they are at the bottom of the American now, literally the bottom. They're one in four in conference three way tie down there with Tulane and UCF, but they are three and seven overall, which is the worst of the overall records. They are last place. That is a big oof. Uh, SMU beat Temple 79 to 68. Temple though has won two straight in the American now after that SMU loss. They beat UCF and Tulane this week who are also near the bottom of the conference. Uh, Temple kind of middle bottom now after those two wins. Um, and then Houston <laughs> beat, beat UCF 75 to 58, which is a pretty, you know, fine score. It's a good win for Houston to win by that much, but that does not even tell the story, man. They were up a ton. They were up 26 at halftime. But it, before that, like the game started off, it was like 35 to six or 39 to six or something, 30 something to six. I, when I turned it on and I was like, I was blown away. You know, this is UCF, Johnny Dawkins team. They're not bad. They did just come off. They had been, I think on, had COVID issues for a couple of weeks prior to that, prior to this week, uh, this past week. And so, you know, I think that was part of the reason. Um, but they're still a talented team. Like I cannot believe they were down 35 to six early in that game. That absolutely blew my mind. So obviously they lost that one, but oof, keep an eye on what UCF does. Hopefully they turn it around here pretty soon. Uh, okay. So some final things, um, not basketball related. Actually, these go back to football, but definitely wanted to talk about them because they are both, both, uh, pretty notable. So first wanted to talk about the people who are now staying slash leaving for football next year. Uh, just give a quick update on there. On the defensive end, Tulsa is now returning nine defensive starters from this past season. Uh, five of those are returning seniors who are taking advantage of that extra year of eligibility. Those are Colin Wick, Big Cat Tyree Stevenson, Trayvon Reeves, Ty Neal Martin, and Allie Green. And we still haven't heard about Christian Williams. And if he comes back, that would be his seventh year on the team, which would be amazing. So kind of, kind of hoping that that happens. Actually, definitely hoping that happens. Christian Williams is a baller. Um, but we have five seniors returning with that extra year of eligibility on defense. On the offensive end, uh, Zach Smith announced that he's leaving um, basically the day, actually maybe the evening of 
that we recorded last week, so it didn't make the episode. But um, he announced uh, Sunday last week that he is going to try his hand at the NFL. Corey Taylor doing the same. And then still no word from Keelan Stokes on what he's going to do, as far as I know at least. And the only offensive player, I think, that has announced that he's coming back next year is Josh Johnson. And I know we've talked about him coming back already. So uh, have you heard anything else? Am I missing anybody there, Matt? Or does that sound up to date? That's everything that I've I've heard or seen on Twitter. Yeah, cool. Okay, and then the last thing uh, before we wrap it up, um, quick football recruiting update. We had actually had two huge pieces of news in the last uh, the last week. So first, defensive end Owen Ostrowski from Holland Hall, right here in town, has committed officially. He had previously been committed to Army. Uh, we didn't even offer Owen until after like a month after he had already committed to Army. Um, Owen, obviously the son of TU All-American Jerry Ostrowski, who got that in 1991, played eight seasons for the Bills. Uh, We didn't even offer him until he had already committed uh, to Army, like a month later. We finally gave him that offer. Um, Army's defensive line coach, you know, Owen, a D-end, that's going to be his position coach in college. Uh, Army's D-line coach Tank Wright left to join Illinois as their strength and conditioning coach. So that shook things up on the Army end. Um, all of a sudden, Owen wants to reevaluate where he's going, ends up decommitting from Army, commits to the Hurricane, follows in his father's footsteps, joins the squad. So that is incredible news. Uh, quick recap here. Holland Hall went 12-0 and this year. His team won the Class 3A state championship. Owen is 6'3", 245 pounds. This past season, his senior year, recorded 94 tackles, 41 tackles for loss, 15 sacks, 3 blocked punts. <laughs> that crazy there are so many videos of him going around of him just blowing people up from this last season i am absolutely psyched out of my mind that he is going to be on our d-line uh for the next four years that is huge news so very very cool there and then the other big piece of football recruiting news is linebacker john michael terry is transferring from ou coming back home to tulsa this guy so this past season Terry played in 10 games for OU, recorded 23 tackles, two and a half for loss, one sack, and he was a starting linebacker for them during the 2019 season. He was the starting guy. Um, He got hurt in October of the 2019 season, missed the rest of that year with a lower leg injury, and that's when Nick Bonito uh, came in to start, and then he retained that starting position ever since. So Terry kind of took a backseat to Nick after that injury, but is still an absolute baller at the linebacker spot. You hear Lincoln Riley has talked about him in in some interviews that I saw and how much he means to the program and how much of a program guy he's been. Um, So it's awesome that we are pulling him from OU. The guy, so in his career, 51 total tackles, 5.5 for loss, one and a half sacks. It's a huge get, huge get for Tulsa. I know we have an awesome defense coming back. That's another uh, feather in the cap of that defense. That's going to be huge. You know, looking for a guy who who's going to replace David Collins. We have a lot of good linebackers. Here's another one that could absolutely have a huge impact. So definitely looking forward to both those guys, John Michael Terry and Owen Ostrowski being on the sideline next year. Okay, awesome. Uh, well, if you like the show, make sure you subscribe to it, share it on Twitter, tell a friend about it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Um, if you want to support us, you can find a couple different ways to do that on our website. Uh, the website is thegoldenhurricast.com. You can go to thegoldenhurricast.com slash support to find that. Um, and finally, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at goldenhurricast 
or you can send us an email, and that email address is thegoldenhurricast at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Stay golden. That's uh, that's probably a better way. To, <laughs> that's uh, uh, funny. Never longer than thirty-one minutes, and we, we just change it every time we go over. Like we're never longer than thirty-one minutes and twenty-five seconds. Eventually, we're just back uh, at our episodes are an hour and a half.